Blog Talk Radio. I guess, welcome everybody, the music has decided to do its own thing. Okay, I'm just going to have to go with the flow, everybody. Okay, so greetings everybody, greetings as always, we'd like to give you all a warm, warm welcome to today's show. I'm your host, of course, Faith, and you are live on Her Story 2 with a very, very special guest. Her name is... Learn, also known as my pleasure, but I will let her explain that one if she would like to, because my French is not that good. <laughs> so welcome, welcome everybody, and um, for those of you who are hanging out with us for the very first time, we'd like to thank you for all your support as always. If you'd like to call in, the calling number is ninety nine four seven seven three five six four. This is an American number, so you have to remember to please dial the U.S. country code and then go ahead and dial 99-477-3564, and that should get you right in. So greetings, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to all those who, su- who support us. A big shout-out to all our new listeners from Japan. How are you doing? All our listeners from Colombia. You'll be showing us much, much love. Uh, Russia, you'll be showing us so much love. And to all our beautiful listeners from around the world in Africa, Kenya, Habangani, everybody in the U.S., we have so many fantastic American listeners who support our show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And of course, here in Denmark, in Scandinavia, across the bridge in Sweden, all of you show us much, much love. We are so thankful. And um, today, I promise you, you are in for a treat. We have a special guest by the name of Fleurburn, which I think means brown flower, but she'll correct me on that if I'm wrong. And today's topic, we're going to be discussing natural reproductive biology. We're also going to touch on the trifactor. You know, Fleurburn gave us a sneak peek of that on her fantastic video clip from the conference she had earlier this year, mid this year. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. But before we dive right in, I want to tell you a little bit about Fleurbon. Fleurbon is a philanthropist, pontist, rooted from the French until she's really in New York. Okay, she also is many things. <laughs> I'll let her, you know, share some things that maybe I might not be privy to if she would like to share. But she is a consistent um, paranormal, ex- she, she has had consistent paranormal experiences. Um, as well as contact with celestial and galactic entities since she was young and is a holistic practitioner who's um, linked nutrition to behavior and the spiritual body. She also has a background in hereditary and genetics. So this is one of those topics that we love having her insights on because we know she, she's quite astute and has a wealth of knowledge in that area. How are you doing, Fleurbone? Welcome, welcome, Hi. welcome. <laughs> 
<laughs> thank you, C-Star. Hi. Thank you so much for, again, having me on your beautiful sisterhood platform. I love joining you. It's such a, it's such a beautiful energy that you bring. Oh, we love having you on here. And um, we've been reading a little bit about, you know, different topics related to the sciences. And we have, you know, I like how you call it kiki sessions. <laughs> we have our own little <laughs> kiki sessions here in Denmark. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and we were ta- And somebody shared something interesting about um, um, maybe, I don't know whether that was the trifactor, maybe I just picked up, you know, that because it was connected to our discussion about, you know, our, the connection between grandmother, mother, and daughter right from the womb. And I was reading yeah. about this, and as we were having this different uh, discussions, because we like to have, you know, science talk and talking about biology and all this stuff, because we also have some little STEM girls, some babies in Kenya that we work with. So we're trying to make them Aww, think I love know, it. a little bit I like scientists. It. Yeah, we really want to help them to look at things from with the mind of a scientist and always try and look at different angles of everything and not just take everything at face value. So I thought... That's right. This is such a beautiful discovery that, that, you know, one of my friends shared with me. And as we were talking, um, we also started discussing how doctors, you know, will tell women who are in their, you know, 40s and in their, you know, seasoned years or even 50s and 60s, because, you know, you know women do get children in that age, that their they eggs do. are not there. And, you know, their eggs, not there, but their eggs are, they don't have healthy eggs or they should just forget it, you know, don't think about having children. And a and couple of women have arguments with doctors who very confidently tell them that, you know, you should forget about this because your eggs have depreciated. But as we were looking at the biology of this, you know, come on, one million, two million, there's a modest number of eggs. Some numbers go as high as seven million. How do those eggs just vanish? <laughs> And how do they all go exactly, back, you know? Exactly. So it just didn't make any sense to us. And we thought we should have a show where we can talk about the natural reproductive biology of women, you know, the mitochondrial Eve, if we have time, and really what is really going on with these 7 million modest number of 1 to 2 million, because I found a lot of numbers. The numbers were defined in that respect. It very, it's, it's so. a, it very, it's, it's, mm-hmm. There's variances with the how many eggs, depending on, the um, genetics of the woman, you, you'll tend to see a higher amount of eggs and um, in women that are from um, uh, Sudan, from parts of Africa, um, even east uh, parts of uh, Asia, you'll see their eggs um, a little more. They'll have more eggs as opposed to some of the other places that people exist. It's just because that's where the heirlooms um, still reside, meaning heirlooms are meaning the original people still live, reside in those regions. So they still hold the quality and the quantity of eggs. Mm. Because I was looking at, you know, the different variations, and I thought that's a huge gap. It was either 2 million eggs or 7 million eggs. So I was yeah. wondering, like, why isn't there 4 million? Why isn't there 5 million? What, what regions are they studying? But also what was very interesting is, these, the, the arguments that women's eggs, the quality of the eggs kind of depreciates or, you know, it reduces in value or potency was that by the time, according to the article, I'll just read one from you. This is from the New York Times, okay. I believe. Yeah. Or, um, well, let's, I, I, I found a very interesting one as well. Um, 
from a website called Creative Love. And this is where they actually um, do a lot of fertility treatments and things like that. So this is information that women who are seasoned are getting. So the question somebody posed was, how many eggs are you born with? And the article goes on to say that a newborn baby girl is born with an egg cell. They emphasize oocytes, O-O-C-Y-T-E-S. You would know that because it's your area. Um, yeah. So everybody else, you can look that up. <laughs> so I'll just repeat it again. A newborn baby girl is born with egg cells, oocytes, in her ovaries. Between 16 and 20 weeks of pregnancy, the ovaries of a female fetus contains 6 to 7 million oocytes. Most of the oocytes gradually waste away, leaving about 1 to 2 million present at birth. None develop after birth. At puberty, only about 300,000 more than enough of a lifetime, uh, more than 300,000, it goes on to say, more than enough for a lifetime of fertility remain. Only a small percentage of mature into eggs. The many thousands of oocytes that do not mature degenerate. Degeneration progresses more rapidly in the 10 to 15 years before menopause. All are gone by menopause. Now, I think that's enough for us to dive in. I'll drop all the links in the description box so y'all can go and read a little bit more. Because even in that little paragraph there, Flobon, you know, I don't know, you know, I'd like your insights on this because we know a lot of women don't experience menopause even way into their 80s. Absolutely. And, 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 and after that, there's some women who never did it until they pass away. So we know that that, exactly. is, that, yeah, that data is only based on a small quantity of females, and we can only assume it's a specific type of female from a specific region. Um, and um, usually when they do these studies, it's very small samples or a schematic of different samples from different areas. Now, we can't really say for sure because where, whoever, based the, uh, whoever wrote this article, it depends on where they're taking their data from, where are they getting these numbers from, because it's going to be different amongst all people um, people who have the genetic quality of their ancestors still that has not been watered down, basically changed or morphed or um, mixed with others of different genomes, meaning they've held the quality of their genome since their ancestors have living in regions for long periods of time. And that's why you get better statistics when you take, um, you know, studies from Africa and some of our African diaspora who's actually, uh, who, actually rely, who actually reside and do studies in Russia. They, give, they have great studies and data um, regarding um, the mitochondria DNA that um, females pass along to daughter, daughter, granddaughter, and so on. So I, I would say this. I take issue with the um, with them noting that women lose their eggs. I disagree. I think any depreciation mm-hmm. that happens has nothing to do with the eggs or the amount of eggs. It has to do with uh, diet, um, exposure to chemicals in the environment. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, depending on the woman's um, basic health, again, her genetic, um, her chromosomal makeup um, from the getty up. Those are all things that would make, uh, would make a difference in how her eggs show up if there's any depreciation. But other than that, most women will keep all their eggs the way. Even if they're experiencing menopause, it does not mean that their eggs are all gone. It just may mean that the eggs are being released. Yeah. And then one 
something that I really wanted you to touch on because you have worked in this field, you, you know what goes on in the laboratory, how these tests are done and the research and all that good stuff. Um, I would like you to maybe share with us why the doctors, because this is actually Miss LTB, if you're listening, this is for you. And I'll let Sorbonne answer and share her insights from a, you know, heredity and genetics background. Um, why are doctors so confident in telling women who are more seasoned in their 50s or late 40s that they should forget about having children naturally and that also it will be almost impossible for them to have children um, in vitro or IVF and all that when we know for a fact that so many women have their children. I know I'm repeating myself because I really want us to be clear on this um, to all our listeners because a lot of women also use the wrong language and say, oh, but your biological clock is ticking. Is there a clock? What is ticking? You know, and you have doctors who tell you, forget it, don't bother, you're, you're an older woman, you're a mature woman. But we know for a fact that so many women give birth in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even 90s, like Florban said, many don't experience menopause. But what is it that we can tell women who believe 100% in the doctors, although in real life they can see their relatives and siblings <laughs> and friends are getting pregnant every other day and having children, you know, at least in my family, I know that's the case. What can we tell these women so that they can actually have faith in their ability to have, you know, children? Children. Okay. I would say that mm -hmm. a lot of the doctors are getting their data on, on from one resource, and they're all giving a general consensus from that one resource. It's not really um, – it's not a, a – a, a, a numer it's not numerous around amount of research. It's not based on numerous um, different genomes, different um, blood types, different um, different placements of where people live in different countries, uh, people's diet. It's only based. Usually, the research is only based on one populace, a small um, a small sa uh, sample of that populace, and it's usually people who are. Um, I you know a lot of times research is done with people who have. Um, who are uh, Europeans um, as, as far as, um, you know, um, what we say, mel uh, melanin recessive, meaning that it's usually Europeans that they're testing on and not so much women of color. So we have to be careful lumping everyone into the same sample when it's not really research has not been done and these numbers are based on one sample or a few samples, a very small sample of people, and usually one genetic background. Okay, so number one, we know for a fact and I can just tell you personally in my life, I know for a fact in my family and otherwise, the majority of women that I know have given birth to children post 40 naturally, naturally meaning that they get pregnant. Now, the only time there may, may be issues with actually getting impregnated when a woman is post 40 is not her. It's generally the male that she has to qualify and quantify. Why is that? Because men have a degenerative um, aspect, and I think a lot of the research we get comes from a very patriarchal stance meaning that um, it's very male-based in science, meaning that there's some sort of sub, sub limin, subliminal uh, misogyny that goes on with research, which happens uh, globally, okay? And what does that mean? When a woman is post-40, usually her eggs are fine if she's healthy, if she doesn't smoke, if she's not a drinker, if she's pretty healthy. Um, her eggs stay pretty consistent unless she's done anything like uh, strong drug use or um, taken, um, you know, uh, very harmful um, 
uh, drugs as far as, um, you know, pharmaceuticals, maybe from cancer, things like that, that would depreciate her eggs, not necessarily the quantity of her eggs, but the quality of her eggs, okay? That's number one. If a woman post 40 has um, decides to have a child with a man in her same age range, she may, she may have problems. Why? It's because men's sperm depreciate with age. It's, a, it's the opposite of women. Women don't depreciate with age if they're healthy. Men's sperm quality depreciates, depreciates with age. So a lot of times what happens is you'll hear doctors make a general consensus of on women and give them they advice do. not to try to have children. Yeah, they do, but they don't tell you and that. And women and, also regurgitate the yes. same information. My biological they clock, do. my eggs are degenerated, my eggs are disappearing, but here you are saying, this is from a scientific background. See, I'm not, I don't work in a, lab, in, in a laboratory, so that's why we have Florian to tell us what goes on when research has been done <laughs> and what, is, what's the, what does the data look like. Um, so they don't talk a lot about the sperm depreciating. No, and it, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but usually, this is very interesting yes. because women are yes, taking all the burden of rushing. Mm-hmm. No. Yes, yes, and it's not the women, it's the males because usually women in their 40s have a husband or a mate in their 40s. And the reason why they're telling the women not to do it is because they know that the man's quality of sperm is going to be questionable. Now, if you notice, if we look at celebrities, we can take a host of them. We have Cher, we have Madonna, we have um, um, Halle Berry, we have Janet Jackson, uh, Jennifer, Janet Jackson, Jennifer Lopez. Um, who else? Uh, uh, there was another one. Uh, Sandra Bullock, I think one. I think she was one. Now, if you take note on one commonality between all those women and them having children post forty, some and fifties, because Janet had her baby in her fifty, I think fifty one or fifty two, um, if I'm not mistaken. What you'll notice is one common factor: the males are younger considerably younger, okay? That's a big factor in what happens with women. And in if we're talking about our primal selves when we were living in times when we were more what you consider to be more animalistic, living in tribe bases, what would happen a lot of times, the eldest would, the father of, um, of a tribe who was able to mate with several different women, he would usually be taken over by a younger male. He, his predecessor would probably be a son, depending on how many males were born in that family. And the males would mate with even the, the women that were more seasoned, giving healthy children, even to this day, Native American, well, Native, Native women that still have the quality of being Native women can give birth up until their 60s and 70s. And we've seen it happen. Healthy with no assistance and absolutely It happens zero all the time. It all does. the time. It does. Like, like data is there, but like, I don't know whether you agree with me, Flubbin, but what I do in my life at least – I know data is there, like, you know, people do the research and the science is there. That is good. But I think what is also, what we should also pay attention to is what is happening in our real life. You know, I come from a family where women just give birth naturally, just they're going about their they business do. with their husbands and they're in their 40s, 50s, just having children. It yes, is not a big children. deal. My friend, yeah, my friend's sister just in the UK just gave birth at 60. She was not thinking about Absolutely. anything. She just was going about her Absolutely. life Oops, you know oh i'm pregnant and i'm excited <laughs> and she was not guilty <laughs> or anything seriously she was just it's like oh my goodness this is just fantastic the medical you know what's uh, uh, put the stigma her on colleagues women work, her colleagues people her associates were actually guilting her into keeping that child and making her feel bad about it you see that's also something that i find very interesting 
you know. But why would you want a child in your 60s? She had no problem with it. She was going about her life, you know. Well, but they why were would making you, why her would feel she? like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Women, women outlive men. That's a fact. We have studies that, that we have, if any couple, they've done studies on couples. Most women, 80, 75 to 80% of women will outlive their husbands, sometimes 10 to 20 years, depending on the age of the, of the husband's um, transition. Okay. Women outlive men. You know why? Because a mother has to be there to sustain her children. So she's, she's, she's literally um, created with, with everything needed to regenerate herself and be able to sustain herself post 40, 50, 60, 70. And usually by, by the time she has children, if she has children in her 50s, it may supersede her age, meaning that she'll be able to live even longer based on the fact that during pregnancy, during the gestational process, there's a certain uh, type of um, hormone that's released that actually regenerates the woman. So she actually ends up becoming younger, just like if she was in her teens, she, there's a hormone, the same hormone that's released in her system, and she actually regenerates during pregnancy. So that's why you'll see women in their 40s and 50s who give birth who look younger than they did in their 30s and 40s, even if they didn't have children yet. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, there is so much information out there, you know, plus, again, there's what's happening in your real world. Pay attention to your environment and your surroundings so that when a doctor tells you that, oh, my God, it's impossible, it shouldn't even cross your mind that that's even a fact because, you know, your friend just told you she's pregnant. You know, pay attention to that as well. Yes. You know? Yes. It's it's called Mm -hmm. a medical practice. It's called a medical practice for a reason. They're practicing medicine. There is no two people that are ever the same. We're very unique people. Everyone's unique, and that's why genes matter. I always tell people your DNA matters, okay? If you come yes, from a family yeah. where women naturally give birth, just healthy, there's no question about it, that's the, that's the system, and that's the qualifying um, data that you should use to predetermine whether you can have children naturally post-40. Most people I know, give birth, uh, including myself, give birth naturally over post-40. It wasn't a problem getting pregnant for me over that age. So... That is something that's a misnomer. It's also a miscommunication. It's based on limited data with limited samples of lim- people who are of, of very, um, a very small schematic of people. And generally it does not include people of color, um, people from Asianic backgrounds, other unique Europeans. It's only based on a very small sample of people generally, even globally. Mm. Hey, Shaz, Welcome. Jump right in. Do you have a question for Florence? Hey, Shaz. <laughs> Peace, <Lisa>. Hey. <laughs> hey, same, hey, babe. Hey, mama. Hey, so boy. Long time. It's Long very time. interesting. Hey, mama. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, it's very interesting topic, though. I mean, yeah, with the with this I, aging I think thing. Lot, yes. I think a lot of times what happens is I want women to be more vigilant and also to realize if there isn't anything – if they feel healthy, if they're if they've always been you know astute with their health and how they take care of themselves, they should stay away from all the propaganda telling them that they can, they are um, in danger or there's a clock going off in or and for them to give birth. They will naturally give birth in a healthy environment with a healthy body with a healthy male. But sperm matters, ladies. The quality of the sperm <laughs> really determines how easy matters. it is to get pregnant. And if Yes, and, and if I tell you women, and I, I'm not telling uh, women of a certain age to go out and run out and get younger mates, but what I will say is you're, you will have much <laughs> more success in having a healthy child offspring 
with less genetic issues if you do mate with that are pre-40 or for just 40 and below. Why? It's because sperm depreciates when men age. That's just the natural process of that's why they don't live as long as women. Okay? We're meant to, if you look at dogs and cats, they give birth until they die. Every animal does that. Why would we, why would we be any different? Yeah, and it happens in our families. Like, pay attention to your families. And even when you're talking about women outlive men, look around your families. I can tell you that is a fact. I don't need to read a book, scientific research. I know it's out there, but I can look at all my aunties, many of them, my aunties. You know, I I come from a really big family. It's the women who are left standing in their 70s and in their 80s. Absolutely, and if that's the case, that means your reproduction history, your reproduction um, your reproduction um, quality supersedes that of a male. If you're living longer than a male, that means your reproduction status exceeds his. It just does. That's why women start to get in hypersexuality. If somebody hit 40, you get really, really, I hope there's only adults on here, you get really, really sexually aroused more often. You're feeling more vigorous. Why, why, would, why would that happen at a time your eggs aren't there or depreciated or you're going to go through menopause? That doesn't make sense. Why would you be hypersex at a time when your eggs weren't available for you to be impregnated? That's a lie. That's how you know it's a lie. Women get, are most, and they're in their, their, what do they call it? They call it the um, women prime. Their they're peak. prime. They're prime. They're mm. prime. That's a better thing, not peak. Prime in their 40s. So if you're in a prime, if anyone's ever hit 40s, you'll see you feel invigorated. Your body's, your breasts are very plump. Your, your waist is very round. That's reminiscent of a woman in her reproduction um, state of, of a healthy homeostasis. That's not, that's not depreciative quality. That's the quality that says she's ready, willing, and able to reproduce offspring for a healthy male. Okay. Pay attention, ladies, and always take everything with a, with, with, with a, with a, with a pinch of salt. And don't ignore your, your, the, the, you know, your reality likely in your life. Florburn, if you could just kindly touch on the trifactor. I wasn't sure where you were coming from with that, but I just thought this is beautiful because you quickly said this is the, you know, the trifactor, the grandmother, mother, and the daughter working Absolutely. together in cohesion or something Absolutely. like that. And I, I thought this and is I love so beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Well, you actually knew exactly what I meant because you sent a picture with exactly that. When a, when a mother, when a mother's mother, when your mother's mother was carrying her, you were already present, meaning that you, you had all the sensory all the environmental connection to your grandmother as close as you did your mother, okay? So the trifecta is basically why the patriarchy has made a point to try to uh, destabilize the family is to try to break down that matriarchy, that general matriarchy with the, with the grandmother, mother, and daughter. That is usually how um, some of the old um, empires existed when you had the matriarchy, matriarchy ruling, when you had the empress and she would pass down um, her lineage to her daughter and her granddaughter, and then so on and so forth. Why? It's because she had a genetic connection, literally, to her granddaughter. That's why you see so many young women so close to their grandmothers. If you talk to the majority of your friends, not all, if you talk to the majority of their friends, who are they close to? They're always close grandmother. to grandmother. Why? Why yeah, is that? It is true. Because she, she, held, she was holding two babies in that womb when she held a female. She was holding all those babies in her womb. So she has a spiritual and metaphysical connection, a etheric connection to her grandchildren. That's why you see that a lot in, quote, unquote, the hood. You see a lot of the grandmothers, big mamas holding all the children. 
because all the children have the connection to the womb that held them that is responsible for their placement right now. And you know what? As you're talking about the patriarchy, I was just thinking of something really terrible that they have done. If you think of China, how many generations they have destroyed by killing their daughters, not knowing about the mitochondrial DNA, and that is where the lineage is. You know, they have been killing their daughters, you know, because they believe that they want a son. Yeah, and in Africa as well, you know, a lot of families were very happy. They were very happy when they got a son. They would be like, oh, I want a son, I want a son. But that's, again, because of how they distorted the laws, you know, inheritance. Everything was about the man, the patriarchy, the son. Not understanding the science behind the whole lineage of the family. So So that's the the imbalance. Mm -hmm. And also in the environment, if you notice that all the continents where they do that, they're all suffering from environmental or outer source um, um, forms of genocide. So in Africa, you see a massive amount of genocide going all across the, the all every country, and that comes from not honoring the matriarch. Because Africa was a, was still a matriarchy until maybe I don't know sixty, maybe a, maybe sixty years ago. No, 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 maybe pre pre that, maybe about two hundred fifty years ago. They still had a strong matriarchy hold on certain certain countries. That's no longer because the patriarchy had snuffed that out. In any country that they have snuffed out the woman, the patriarchy pays. And also, whenever there's an imbalance of too many males, because I don't want to get too – because if I get too deep with this, I don't want women to get um, (laughs) – I want you to be empowered, but there's a lot of things that women should know also. When a man starts to have men, male children, it's a sign that he's, he's almost at his end. It's unhealthy. Whenever men have too many sons, it's a sign that he doesn't have a strong genetic quality. That's a sign of a passive male, a sign of an of a omega or a beta male. Okay, strong males produce females only. Listen to me again, females. Strong men only produce females. When they start producing males, it means they're almost at the end of their cycle, meaning they're depreciated because a male will come to replace another male. That's how, that's how, that's how the natural cycle of things are. When a male comes into the family, it means that he's able to take over protecting and, you know, bringing in resources for the male that no longer can hold that status as the leader and the protector. So the only time you should see a strong male give birth to a son is at the end of his cycle when he's a little bit older, more seasoned, and it's his end of his cycle. But a healthy male only gives birth to females. If you see males giving birth to only males, it's a sign he has um, genetic issues, chromosomal issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that is good true my, because why am I saying my mom true? She because got three, it is science. Three girls. Um, yeah, just hold on, Shaz, because I can see some questions being asked about this. There is scientific research about this. And if you want to go in-depth, you can go and research the mitochondrial Eve or the yeah. mitochondrial DNA. It is very clear as to the origin of man and the continuation of man, you know, of humans, everything. So go and do your own research, Absolutely. read about that, and you will be able to connect the dots beautifully what Florban is saying is science that has been proved and it's been tested across the globe the four corners okay Shaz please go ahead mm-hmm. no I was just going to say it was good that my mom she gave birth to three girls because actually my dad he was wishing the third one was a boy <laughs> but unfortunately he got a girl so three girls yes yeah. yeah. anywho 
it said something to his DNA. Actually, it means a healthier male gives birth to healthy females. And like I said, it's a, it's a type of male that will only give birth to females if he's healthy and his chromosomes are in alignment and if he's not depreciative. The more depreciative the male, if, and we've done studies on this. Now, this I've done studies on, and I've seen it. Men who do a lot of drugs, smoke cigarettes, and drink a lot, they tend to start having males or only males. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you'll see that a lot of times when the crack came out, you'll see a um, a boost in males being born during the crack era in New York City. It's just not pe- many people cared about that. Nobody really, there weren't many researchers into that. But for those of us who were looking to see why there was a spike in males as opposed to females, we noticed something um, with the inception of drugs, um, heavy street drugs causing imbalance with a spike of males and also the male's disposition was not was more um uh what we considered to be um sexually um ambiguous meaning that these were males that more likely would turn out homosexual because of the mother's um exposure to drugs and alcohol pre pre pregnancy her eggs were exposed to drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol and in a, in a very definite yeah. way just Yes, and and there's so many ways you can prove this, even if you're not into science. Um, Penua, you can also look at lineage and hereditary. Someone has done hereditary. And and even, I know this from Africa and from Kenya specifically, there's some tribes where, you know, the whole setup maybe will be still very patriarchal, but when it comes to the serious matters, like marriage, when people are getting married and they're researching the family, they don't ask you about your father's lineage. They ask you about your mother's That's lineage. About your mother. So you yes, pay attention. Honey. Yes. Yes. You pay attention when it's the serious matters. When you're getting married, they're like, we don't care about you. What you, you want to know your mother's lineage. You get extra. So that is in Kenya. Extra DNA. Mm-hmm. Yes, you get extra DNA from your mother, and that's also in the Hebrew and the and and um in uh, uh what you call it? in in Judaic um, belief system. It is the mother that denotes if the child is Jewish or not. It is not the father. It is the mother. If a, if a child comes from a Jewish womb, that child is automatically considered Jewish because they overstand the connection of the mitochondria. The mother gives more DNA to the child than the father. So it matters. Mothers matter. Not to say fathers don't. They yes. add to the pot. But the pot and yes. most of the broth and everything in the pot is mostly mama. Mm-hmm. And this shows mm-hmm. you that they understand the science of things. And this is happening even they in do. the most rural, most native environment setting where you might say people have not, don't have PhDs and all these, you know, alphabet credentials. But when it comes to serious matters, they will be like, we want to know about your maternal side. This is in the local of languages course. being said. And then go back to the factual setup. <laughs> but they're very accurate. <laughs> They are, and also if you notice that there's any social, if there's any psychological issues or genetic issues in the mother's line, it'll show up in the children more likely than the father. You can overcome some genetic um, um, abnormalities in the father. It's harder to overcome as the mother. So if the mother suffered from schizophrenia, the child has more of a likelihood of suffering from that because of the lineage and the, what's been passed along the mother's line. And you can see that a lot of times in clinical science when you see abnormal psychology, when you see um, generations of women who are, who are passing along the genetic quality of, you know, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, things of that, things of that nature. Yeah. 
Hmm. I mean, this is such a beautiful show. Thank you, Fleurbon, for sharing this because, you know, sometimes, um, unfortunately, people tend to overlook and ignore people like women who are your grandmothers who live in maybe in a rural, more, you know, remote area when they're giving you the science. Although they know what they're talking about. They have the knowledge. They do. But it helps when you have somebody. Yeah. And it helps sometimes because 2018, people like to hear, oh, you know, you know, Florbrand has been in the laboratory. You know, she's actually been looking at the DNA and genetics, you know, to actually believe. But I always tell people, if you pay attention to your environment, what your grandmother is telling you, the questions she's asking you, you know, you know, pay attention and you'll get a lot of insight into the importance of motherhood and the trifactor. Yeah. And if I, if I could just add this before we end the show, it's most important. I tell this mm-hmm. to the young sea stars. Your role matters. The Please most. say to them what you do, what you put in your body at, at 15, 20, and that's why I really, really am an advocate of abstaining from any drug use, including marijuana, pre-having children. Now, if you want to smoke and chief it up after you have all your children, that's your business. But prior to you having children, I always say to the sea stars, be very mindful and very, very um very specific about the things that you allow in your body because the quality of your eggs can depreciate with the type of chemicals that you put in your body, okay? So, again, that's something that the young people need to be told because that's something that older people would tell us back in the days, you know, stay away from that, honey. Don't eat all that junk. You know, you'll mess up your womb. They say, they say in a very simplistic way, but what they were telling you exactly. is that your womb matters. You can have babies way yeah. into your 80s if you wanted to, but you have to be healthy to do that. And if you're doing things to depreciate your health, then you'll also depreciate the quality of the eggs within you. So stay away from doing drugs, heavy alcohol. You know, men can do that, but they will depreciate, and they're not going to be here as long as you. Make sure the quality of your life, make sure you refrain. If you're doing tattoos, I always suggest doing vegan ink. Stay away from the inking process because that's something that goes into your, um, your also your, it stains the inside the lining mm. of your organs, okay? So wounds matter. Mm. The matriarchy is coming back, and this is knowledge that needs to be discussed. Yeah, it does. And we have young girls listening. I know you were saying, you know, <laughs> you hope this is just adult. But you know what I think? Sometimes, you know, you may, you may have a young girl who is in a home where her mother might not have this information. And she's the one who has yeah. access to the Internet. And she's most savvy and knows how yeah, to find information right. that she can share with her mother. You know, that's why sometimes mm-hmm. I don't censor all this stuff because sometimes some of these young girls are very savvy and they're saving their mother's lives. I know it for a fact. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. correct. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. And I think it's necessary. I think these are conversations that we used to have in our tribal base, but because we don't have tribes anymore, this conversation isn't mm-hmm. readily allotted. And this is why it's important for the sisterhood, for these, uh, you know, every time we gain some information and knowledge, we share it to the other sea stars free and clear to allow for them to grow because we all have to live on this planet together. And at the end of the day, I would prefer a healthy what people to coexist with than sick people. So if me sharing what I know and, and people gaining some wisdom and knowledge on their own, it's only a benefit. It's only benefiting us all overall. Yeah, this is so beautiful. Like, thank you so, so much. Girls, I know you've been listening to this, you know, eat the meat, throw away the bones. When you're sharing with your mamas and your aunties and your grandmamas, because y'all have big mouths, mm-hmm. be respectful <laughs> and be nice <laughs> when you share it with your Absolutely. Mothers. Thank you so much. Um just stay positive and remember my season yeah. sea stars. 
get ready, willing, and able. If you want to have a beautiful child, you can do so. Listen to only yourself. Listen to look at your family and do so and have fun and get yourself a, a, a healthy younger male, if plausible and possible, and he's in the same frequency. But you'll have a you'll have a very successful pregnancy if you do and you take some of the advice that I'm giving on this show. Yes. And any messages for our little STEM girls? They're between the ages of 9 to 15. Anything Absolutely. that you want to share with them that they yes. can carry beautifully into 2019? Absolutely. How you feel about yourself says everything. You only do what you feel is good and makes you feel connected to your highest and greatest purpose. What do I mean by that is that you should never be forced or talked into doing something that compromises making you feel like you're worthy. So stay positive, stay in sync with yourself, and always be self-aware. And what you put in your body, on your body, or near your body always affects how you think about yourself. So eat well, be well, and surround yourself with people that are positive and healthy and do exactly or similar things such as that. Yeah. And just one little question. This is a little side note. Some of our girls, they live in informal settlements, Clarbonne, Mm -hmm. and they're not always in the most positive environment so to speak yeah okay um what you do what do you advise them to handle it yeah we have like a minute left yeah how do they navigate in this space your own little energetic bubble bubble that's how i did as as well when i was with someone that wasn't very nice to me create your own beautiful rainbow bubble and put everything all your modalities inside your bubble energetically meaning that you foresee yourself in a bubble that's protective and i guarantee when you start to surround yourself with the beauty energetically outside of yourself in a little bubble, everything outside of you will start to match because what you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself will start to manifest in your reality that you're coexisting with. And I guarantee if you start building that bubble, start filling it up with good things, good feelings about self, telling yourself how wonderful and worthy you are, eventually your environment will match the way you feel about yourself. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Florbron Girls. Spread that love. Okay. That is something so nice that she shared with you. So share it with your sisters and um, your aunties and your mothers, and maybe all of you will be in one big bubble. And you will be over right. 2019. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Fun. I love it. Peace, love. Love you, sisters. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mama. Yeah. I love you, sister. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. You. you have such a wealth of knowledge and you know, it comes from a good place. So thank you for sharing. I will send love from the girls because I know they'll be happy and their teacher and their facilitators and the principals. And um, I'm sure they'll all be picking some goodies from here and putting them in their goodie bag. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's show. That was Florbon. Please go and support her show. She's on YouTube and she's on Blog Talk and she has some very, very insightful videos and shows. Florbon, <laughs> you really make us laugh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, everybody, go on and make sure you give her some love bits. Okay, love. Show her some love. And um, it's always a pleasure having you on our show. You're always welcome to come back. We hope you'll come back. We love hanging Thank out you. with of you. Of course. Yeah. I love the cookie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Everybody, we want to invite you to go and change the world. Okay? So do something nice. Do something to help somebody to change someone's life. Go out and touch somebody, you know. 
And we wish you all a fantastic evening or the rest of the day to you, Florian. <laughs> I know your days are still very bright. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, Have a good thank you, evening, everybody. Ladies. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Shazzy Shaz. Thank you, everybody. Thank Enjoy you and go and change the world. Okay. <laughs> bye-bye. Thank you, Bubu. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.